Hello and welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. I'm Stacy. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, Alicia here and holy cats. Got a little bit of a twist for y'all this week. We have been running with sitcom moms in a number of episodes this season, but here, Stacy, you and I at TDHQ this week, it's been a little bit of a week of criming around here, especially in our driveway. Super hot mess this week. Right? After my car was stolen Monday, after just getting it back from the repairs completed in January, from that attempted thievery, it's been a little bit of a week around here for true crime. Mm -hmm. So for today's episode, our fresh trash candy today, with a little inspiration from the zombies in 1964 and my own Blue Monday with a car that had disappeared, Mm -hmm. you know, she's not there. Today, I'm bringing you the Trashy Divorces and True Crime Mom Saga (laughs) of Sherry Papini, twice-divorced mother, now, (laughs) who did cause kind of an international scandal when, after being mysteriously vanished for 22 days, Sherry turns up only for the big reveal that she engineered her own disappearance. It's really something, this story. Hey, before we vanish into this episode, we do have a magic mirror here with some huge thanks and praise to give to our most recent supporters over at patreon.com slash trashy divorces, getting ad-free bonuses, early releases, and all the goodies. Big thanks to Danielle W., Aaron S., Tessa, Emily C., Heather J., Georgia, and Francine L., Y'all rock. We can't tell you how grateful we are for your support and all of our other Patreon community. Y'all are simply the best. Is there one more name? I do see one more name Mm -hmm. in this magic mirror before we put it away. Oh, Melissa O. You are always in the magic mirror of my heart. Thank you for your brilliant research on this one this week as it saved my trashy tale as I have been otherwise spent with very important phone calls to insurance and authorities and Body shops and all the fun. Uh, Yeah, your new best friend at the body shop. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Melissa, for me and all the trash pandas this week, we're giving you a big huzzah and well done today. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Seems like it's time for this new episode, Alicia. Yeah. Let us answer the question. Where did Sherry Papini go, go, go? (laughs) So there's a real mom theme this season. Not sure what you're working through, but uh, who do you have for us today? Well, sitcom mom's a little different than mm-hmm. this particular true crime mom. A mm-hmm. little bit different of a story today here for Trashy Divorces. But alas, I want you to go back in your brain to November 2016. Okay. This is week of the election. Mm-hmm. This is just okay. a few days before the election. So... Oh, when things were totally calm and normal. Sure. Like America is preoccupied with other things in 2016, that first week of November. So this may have flown under your particular radar. Okay. But it is on November 2nd, 2016, that a wife and mother of two young children, her name is Sherry Papini. She goes out for a jog and she never comes home. This rings a bell. And her husband, Keith Papini, knows something's wrong Mm -hmm. when his wife doesn't pick the kids up from daycare. Right unusual behavior right so keith goes to what you lovingly refer to as the find my wife app Uh the find my iphone app right (laughs) and he'll keith will 
locate Sherry's cell phone and earbuds with some of her hair tangled in them. Oh, that's just lying on the side of the road. Not great. Not far from their Northern California home. Okay. Okay. Keith calls the police to report that, hey, my wife Sherry is missing. And immediately, a massive ground and aerial search comments. Right, and it was a blonde white woman. Yes, it was one of yes. one of that genre of going missing, to get some attention. Okay. You betcha. So soon, large groups of volunteers are canvassing neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. We're looking all throughout the surrounding areas for any clue, sure, that might help them find where the nice blonde lady went to. Missing mom, Sherry Papini. Sure. When the story makes national headlines. Which you know it's going to. It's shocking. And many people fear the worst. As you mentioned, Sherry is an attractive young woman in her early 30s, living an idyllic life with her husband and children. And by all initial accounts, Sherry is described to be happy. She's described as super mom. Does her smile light up a room? (laughs) It might. (laughs) I'm just just trying to find all the tropes here. That's, That's it. So one thing everyone agreed on is that Sherry would never leave her kids willingly. And most people, just because it's the world, believe that there's not going to be a happy ending to this story. So hope begins to fade in hearts every day as no trace of Sherry Papini surfaces. The investigation continues and friends and family are doing all they can to keep media attention on the case. But Sherry just seems to have vanished into thin air. Which had to be terrifying for the family. Terrifying. Terrifying. Sure. Don't bother trying to find her. She's not there. She's just gone. Three weeks after her mysterious disappearance, Mm -hmm. Sherry Papini, what do you know, resurfaces. Boom. On the side of the highway. Okay. About 150 miles from where she was last seen. Crucially, she still had a pulse and was breathing, yes. Correct. However, when they find her, Mm -hmm. she is beaten, Mm. bound, branded, and traumatized. Okay, well, those are terrible things. So everyone's just so relieved that Sherry's alive, though, and reunited with her family. Hooray! Like, there's a we found a happy ending to something that we didn't think was going to happen, but then, but then... Red flags. Some serious questions start to emerge, and eventually investigators realize that, in fact, Sherry Papini is not telling the truth, and what had actually happened, in reality, was even more shocking than anything anyone had initially imagined. By the end of this story, Sherry Papini would plead guilty to numerous charges and be sentenced to prison. Wow. It is probably not unusual, after Keith, using his Find My Wife iPhone app, would end up filing for divorce and requesting full custody of their children. Here's the thing, though. It will take six years for this full situation to unfold Hmm. and come to a resolution. Sherry Papini begins serving her 18-month prison sentence in November 2022, just a few months ago. It takes six years for all of the sordid details of this to come out play out okay because yeah it was it was a hoax right correct yeah and we're not a true crime podcast right we're here for trashy divorces and sherry papini has some of those too mm. let's talk about her early life okay so when she first goes missing the media only releases stories about sherry that were glowingly positive 
to your point, her smile lights up the room. She's beautiful. She's kind. She's athletic. She's a perfect mom. She's Super a perfect mom. wife. Yeah, yeah. The story of how she and Keith were teenage sweethearts who built a wonderful life together was just simply too good for the media to resist. <laughs> so I'm guessing it was not technically true. The pictures of her that were on every television. Mm. You see Sherry as a gleaming bride looking perfectly blissful on her wedding day. The proud and attentive mother of two young kids, her hair's always done. Her smile is always brilliant. But as time goes on, the truth of Sherry Papini's earlier life starts to be revealed as a little bit less than the picture-perfect image previously created. Sherry Louise Grafe was born on June 11th, 1982 in Redding, California. And there's not a lot known about Sherry's childhood, but reports alleging that she'd been in trouble with the law and perhaps had a history of lying for attention in her teenage years and adult life emerged after she was in the media spotlight. Some sources referred to her teenage years as, I love this phrase, troubled youth, Hmm. quote unquote. Okay. It was later revealed that Sherry had run away from home as a teenager before and had previously, already in her life, faked, uh, quote unquote, a disappearance. Huh. Back in the year 2000, the Shasta County Sheriff's Office was called by Papini's father, claiming that his daughter had broken into his home and vandalized it. Two different sides of the story. Sure. Also in 2000, it was a pretty big year, Sherry's sister, Sheila, called the police to report that her back door had been kicked in and she believed her sister, Sherry, had done it. But it doesn't stop there. Hold on. In 2003, Sherry's dad, God, bet he loves talking to the authorities, will report that Sherry had made unauthorized withdrawals from his checking account. But it doesn't end with Sherry's pops, because Sherry's mom also reports trouble with Sherry. Papini's mother, Loretta, sought help from the police when Sherry began harming herself and trying to blame Loretta, her mom, for those injuries. I don't know if you know this. When I was young, my sister would bite herself on the arm and blame it on my brother. She'd go yell to my mom. She's about two. Sure. You do that thing when when you're you're two. two. Okay. Not when you're 22 or whatever. My poor brother. I didn't do it. I'm missing my teeth. I couldn't (laughs) couldn't have done that. All right. (laughs) A little levity for you. Okay. So although the stories of her troubles were not confirmed earlier. Once Sherry Papini is arrested for the kidnapping hoax, it is her defense attorney that tries to use them to help her case, with the attorney claiming that Papini's difficult childhood, adolescence, troubled youth, were what led her to fake her own kidnapping and torture, and then blame it on to Hispanic women. Her defense attorney, William Portanova, argued for Sherry, saying... Papini's early years twisted and froze her in myriad ways. Okay. Okay. Now, Keith, smart guy to use, find my iPhone, Mm -hmm. is not Sherry's first husband. (laughs) Sherry's first husband is David Dreyfus. Around here on Trashy Divorces, everybody's got a first husband. Everybody's so divorced. (laughs) 
right? The fact is not unusual, but the circumstances around Sherry's first marriage make it perhaps a little bit more suspicious and cast more doubt on her personality and perhaps levels of judgment. According to People magazine, who obtained the official criminal complaint filed against her, Sherry married Platoon Sergeant David Dreyfus in 2006, simply, the only reason, in order to use his military status for free health insurance. Okay. I mean, and healthcare costs, to be fair, are exorbitant. I was going to say, I mean, in America, that's not the weirdest choice you can make. David Dreyfus was deployed overseas shortly after they got married. Although Papini's mother claimed the couple travels the world together, that is not what first husband David has to say. According to David, the couple never lived together, and Sherry only visited him just the one time. David also claimed that Sherry made frequent egg donations for money, which he says resulted in health problems for her due to all of the hormone injections Mm -hmm. and medical procedures. David Dreyfus also said that Sherry had told him that she was abused by her family when she was growing up, and at the time... David, of course, believes this. He has no other, there's no reason for him not to. But after they separate, David claims that mutual friends told him that Sherry had, quote, built up a reputation as a liar, unquote. Tricky. I mean, both things can be true. Correct. So while Dreyfus was deployed overseas, Sherry reconnected with her middle school boyfriend, with whom she shared her first kiss. Oh, no. She just pulled out that poster on the wall. From seventh grade? From seventh grade. Okay. And that guy's name, he's so dreamy, that was Keith Papini. Okay. Later, in 2009, in her wedding blog, she talks about how she and Keith moved in together to assess their compatibility before marriage in 2006. Clearly. Isn't 06 the year she married the first guy? 100%. Okay. Yes. So they're assessing their compatibility to be married while she is still married to number husband number one. Platoon, sergeant, whatever. Yeah. Okay. When David ships back in, he returns from his deployment. I think it's a good day for like serving military people when you come home. Was it? (laughs) Well, probably not for David that time because Sherry chooses this moment on his... His return. His return to inform David that... She had met someone else, and David and Sherry will divorce in September 2008. I don't need your health insurance anymore, your TRICARE. I've been living with this other guy for two years, and I have checked out his work benefits, so... All right, speaking of benefits, we're going to take a commercial break right here. When we come back, we're going to talk about that marriage to Keith Papini... Sure. And the disappearance and kidnapping hoax. Okay. See on the flip. Hey, Trash Pandas. When you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. 
Add your own elements to the island, from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Wedding bells are soon ringing again. (laughs) Sherry Papini in her 2009 wedding blog Mm. reads, It all started with a first kiss in middle school. He was in seventh grade. I was in eighth. I never imagined my middle school first kiss would turn out to be my husband. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Now again, eighth grade, seventh grade romance. Well, cougar action. (laughs) It would be a lot of years before Keith and Sherry reunite. What happens in middle school? Sherry's family moves away and she and Keith lose touch. Oh my God. But when Sherry moves back to the Reading area, the two decide to start dating. And again, they waste no time, even though she's married. They move in together and they start planning their wedding. <laughs> I love this I podcast. Just, does, do, does, does, does Keith know about David at this point? Like how? <laughs> Sherry writes in her blog, her wedding blog again, by our third date, we were head over heels in love and have spent every day together since. I've never been so happy. We always laugh and always smile. We enjoy each other's company and we make a great team. We're best friends and a perfect couple. Maybe ask your husband. Okay, so the two, after the divorce from David Dreyfus, uh-huh. the two, Sherry and Keith, are married August 12th, 2009 in Redding, California. As you can imagine, she might be one of those brides. The engagement and the wedding are all very precisely organized, choreographed, photographed, posted, The wedding pictures are beautiful, but also perhaps a little over the top in their planned poses and expressions, striving to look natural and spontaneous. That's always a fun look in photos. It was obvious that the couple, or at least the bride, was very, very invested within the image she was presenting. Sure. Sure enough, within a few years, Keith and Sherry have two kids, a boy and a girl. Perfect. Sherry's appearance and how others perceive her remain very important to her top of mind. And Sherry will take great pride in cultivating the image as a perfect wife and mom. That is the raison d'etre, right? It's a reason to be alive. Sherry stays very fit, very in shape. During the time that she went missing, Sherry was training for the Casa Superhero Run, This is a 5K fundraiser for abused and neglected children. And all the runners dress up like superheroes. And Keith had told People Magazine that the whole darn family was looking forward to the event. And they were all going to dress up for it. Yeah, that sounds like a fun fundraiser. It's right. She's training for a marathon. It's not unusual for Sherry. 5K. Okay. Okay, a 5K would be a marathon to my middle age, but... It would not. I I assure you, it would not. So, Sherry training for a race 
in good physical condition. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not unusual for Sherry to head on out for an afternoon run. Sure. Just like she does on the day she disappears. She's done that same thing every day. Mm-hmm. She has a very predictable route that she takes near their home. But again, every other time that she'd done this thing, training for her marathon. She had returned. Exactly. Yeah. Until, ta-ta-ta. One day. November 2nd, 2016. Keith Papini gets a disturbing phone call saying, right? Where's Sherry? The kids are still here at daycare. Hmm. And Keith's a little bit panicked. He can't reach Sherry on the phone. He goes out looking for her. And what he finds, can you imagine, has got to be every spouse's worst nightmare. Oh, that's terrifying yeah along the side of the road that sherry runs he mm-hmm. knows her route he finds her cell phone yep. with her hair stuck in the oh, and yep. earbuds she has been taken yep keith immediately calls the police massive search begins keith cooperates fully with the police and goes on tv shows pleading for his wife's return now you'd normally be suspicious like oh keith what are you hiding right the spouse did it Keith is, whatever you need from me, find my wife. Mm-hmm. He, you, I'm not involved in this. Right. Ask me whatever you questions you need to right. to get me out of the seat. Don't waste your time on me. Find my wife. She's really missing. Story becomes national news. Families, all of their families, again, the entire community joins the search. And everybody's appealing to the public and When questioned by the media if Sherry had any reason to leave, just on her own volition, her sister, who she kicked the door in to all those years ago, her sister replies she was out for a run. She wouldn't leave her babies. Despite the extensive search, the Shasta County Sheriff told People Magazine early on that there were no real viable leads, which has got to be even more terrible. During the search, Keith Papini tells ABC News, It is excruciating. I don't like to think too much about it because I just assume that I'm going to get a phone call any second or she's going to show up at my house. Then there's an anonymous donor that offers a $50,000 ransom to Sherry's kidnappers upon her safe return. There was no, like, ransom call, though, right? Like, there were... It was literally just radio silence. Just, wow. The anonymous donor hired Cameron Gable. This is a defense contractor with an expertise in overseas hostage negotiations. So Cameron Gable comes in as a representative to help with any negotiations when they come in. But just a few weeks later, that ransom offer was withdrawn, but changed into a $100,000 reward for her whereabouts. But just 24 hours later, after that reward had been upped and offered, da-da-da, Sherry Papini resurfaced. Where was she? She's back. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It seems a little bit too good to be true when Sherry Papini was found alive on November 24th, 2016. It's been 22 days now. Three weeks. Three weeks in a day. A driver spots Sherry Papini on the side of the road near Sacramento, about 150 miles from where she disappeared. She was painfully thin, badly beaten. She was bound with restraints. It would later be discovered that she had also been branded. Now, naturally, her family, the world, is horrified by Sherry's injuries and the condition in which she was found. But on the opposite side of that, we are understandably overjoyed that you are, in fact, 
alive. Her sister speaks to the media, saying this has been the most amazing Thanksgiving that our family could ever ask for. We're all very, very, very excited and very, very relieved and just very thankful for getting our Sherry back. Sherry, questioned by the police, tells the police and the FBI Mm -hmm. that she had been taken by two Hispanic women who forced her into their SUV at gunpoint. She claims, Sherry does, to have been able to escape to find her way to the road. She will give forensic artists detailed descriptions of the women that were then released to the media by law enforcement. So, right, people could be on the lookout for this dangerous pair of women criminals. That's a thing. So the Shasta County Sheriff's Office and the FBI released the photos at a press conference on November 30th, like a week later, along with the following statements. I'm taking these as excerpts from the full text of the press conference. (sighs) Oh, poor Shasta County. Remember that she was held against her will and was isolated. There are still a lot of unknowns about her assailants. However, we commend Sherry for her efforts to sit down with our detectives and provide a statement. Sherry described her assailants as two Hispanic female adults. She related that both of the subjects spoke in Spanish the majority of the time of her captivity. Further, the suspects concealed their faces in an attempt to hide their identities from her. She provided the following information regarding the suspects. Suspect number one was the younger of the two suspects. She had long curly hair. She had a thick accent. She had pierced ears. She had thin eyebrows. Suspect number two was the older of the two suspects. She had thick black hair with graying color. She had thick eyebrows. (laughs) Sherry did her best. (laughs) That eyebrow idea is going to be... Can you imagine trying to do this at your press conference sherry did her best sherry did the best she could in providing the descriptions but was not able to provide a detailed description due to the suspects covering their faces and at times sherry's head was covered sherry did receive injuries over the three-week period in which she was abducted and held captive i will confirm that the suspects did brand her i will not get into the details of where the brand is located on her body, nor what was branded on her for, again, the integrity of the investigation. Major Crime Unit continues to dedicate all available resources towards this investigation. Evidence items gathered from the Yolo County scene. Is it Yolo County? Y-O-L-O, Yolo (laughs) County. Only live once, County. The Yolo (laughs) County scene will be submitted to the California Department of Justice for physical examination and processing. Until we identify the subjects, the public should remain cautious. Watch those eyebrows, people. These Hispanic females are armed, considered dangerous, and they have a handgun. At least a handgun with them. Bolo. Thick eyebrow and thin eyebrow. When the media questions the negotiation specialist, if he was involved in her release... He will tell the Sacramento Bee, there's only one hero in this. It's Sherry Papini. Oh, no. She found the key to stay alive. Well, at least he didn't try to take credit because 
that would be a terrible look at the slate date. All right. So let's travel a little bit further down our our story. Because, again, it takes a lot of years to unfold. Mm-hmm. After the the reveal, the, the big reveal, Sherry's back. Sure. Investigators will begin to doubt Sherry Papini. I, I remember there were pretty much immediately very skeptical voices. Well, the police and FBI are continuing to question Sherry, who just claims to be real fuzzy on a lot of details. Yeah, yeah, my three-week blackout, yeah. She can't really give you information because of all the trauma that she suffered. But it does not take long before inconsistencies in her story with the authorities start to make investigators question the actual validity of her claims. By the end of November 2016, rumors of a hoax had already started. Keith Papini releases the following statement to Good Morning America. Poor dude. We are not going to allow those people to take away our spirit, love, or rejoice in our girl found alive and home where she belongs. I understand people want the story, pictures, proof that this was not some sort of hoax, plan to gain money, or some fabricated race war. I do not see a purpose in addressing each preposterous lie. You feel bad for Keith. Yeah. By the spring of 2017, so November 2016, spring of 2017, Sherry's story is just... Falling apart. Unraveled. Nobody's holding on to those bits of yarn anymore. The mice have run away with the yarn. So some of the questions surrounding her story were about her abuse and appearance and... Sherry claims that the Hispanic women were going to traffic her. That was her terrifying. But that didn't really add up to investigators because during this time, her captors cut Sherry's beautiful, long, blonde hair and give her physical injuries that would seemingly make her less attractive and profitable to captors if you wanted to traffic her. Sell her, yeah. So it's not just the inconsistencies that make investigators doubt her. Because all of the evidence that went to the FBI for processing and perusal doesn't support her story either. DNA discovered on her clothing when she was found belonged to a relative of an offender in the system and, big reveal, was not a Hispanic woman. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I was going to say. When further investigation of Mm. that particular DNA was done... It was determined to belong to Sherry's ex-boyfriend, James Reyes. Oh, boy. What? Ex-boyfriend from when? Oh, that's, that was a question in my head. I have an answer. <laughs> During her marriage is the no. answer. Oh. The two apparently met while out of town for work and reportedly, quote unquote, spent the weekend together. Then they continued. Like while she was married to Keith? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. They continued to flirt by text after their romantic weekend affair. And the dates of their initial meeting and subsequent flirtations are a little sketchy. But eventually this would be confirmed by Sherry, too, after the initial admission by James Reyes. Sherry admits to having relationships with other men while she was married to Keith and acknowledges that, in fact, it, quote, was a mistake, unquote. <laughs> Okay. So apparently there's more than just James Reyes. So she literally had a secret boyfriend in Yolo County. Not just one secret boyfriend, because there's another man that's referred to simply as 
Man 2. Man 2. Man 2. Man 2 told police that he and Sherry dated for, you ready? Several years. And described Papini as, quote, an attention-hungry person who told stories to try to get people's attention, unquote. Man 2 will go on saying Papini <laughs> fabricates stories of being the victim of abuse. Huh. So big shocker, Sherry Papini had never been kidnapped. But she stuck to her story. Even after her arrest, she doubles down. But eventually, she folds like a cheap suit, confesses to having faked the whole thing, and convinced her ex-boyfriend to hide her from her husband. What does Sherry tell James Reyes to do this? That her husband, Keith, was abusing her. Uh, okay. So you have to save me right. from this terrible situation. How ex was he? Re- like, is ex kind of a stretch there? It sounds like he may have been a current boyfriend. Mm. Sherry will admit to lying about that fabrication, too. There's just lies. Wow. Okay. Lots of lies. Stacked on other lies. Okay. On that note, we're going to take another quick commercial break. Because when we come back, we're going to talk about an old boyfriend, a trip to Hobby Lobby, and even more lies, lies, lies. good. Back in a minute. Alicia, a trip to Hobby Lobby. All right. Six years, almost six years later, Sherry Papini is arrested on March the 3rd, 2022, after police have officially determined that she faked her 22-day abduction. Sherry Papini was charged with lying to federal agents and defrauding the state's Victim Compensation Board, you ready, of over $30,000. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The truth was, here the, uh, the, the truth comes out, Sherry had convinced James Reyes that she was being abused in her marriage and needed to escape, so James, good guy that he is, agrees to help Sherry fake her disappearance and hide her out in his Costa Mesa home, nearly 600 miles away. Wow. There are a lot of places this plan just isn't really cracker, but okay. When Sherry's hiding at Reyes's home, she forms the story that she would tell when she returned. Now, again, I find if you're going to crime, you should probably have your story down before you like commit the crime, but not Sherry. She's working it out during those 22 days. Well, yeah, so the plan wasn't necessarily to stay gone forever, I guess. Okay, tell me more. She's working it out in that 22 days. So Sherry, a lot of time to think about what the story is going to be. She will cut off her own hair. She will give herself those injuries and will even go as far as telling her boyfriend, James, to go to Hobby Lobby to buy a wood-burning tool so he could brand her. Sherry would also like James to hit her and do other things to harm her. Mm-hmm. But James is like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But I will still provide you with the items so you can do that yourself. I think James may have quickly realized that he had perhaps bitten off more than he could chew. Well, when it came to the branding part, though, this is where James agrees to do it. Mm. He claims the only other thing he did to help injure her was that he, quote, shot a hockey puck off her leg lightly, unquote, after she asked him to. That is a weird way to injure someone. Okay. When James refuses to hit her in the face, Sherry will hit herself on the bathtub and the bathroom floor. 
During those 22 days away, Sherry stops eating almost entirely. So by the time she returns home, she is 87 pounds. She's lost a significant amount of weight. Yeah, that's a lot. That's mm. Police say they were able to cooperate. I'm now Baba Walters. Baba. Police say they were able to corroborate James Reyes' story through phone records, his work schedule, receipts for rental cars and other items such as toll road records, and interviews with all the other people who see Sherry Papini in James Reyes' house. He's living with his whole family. They're like, what are you doing with that weird lady locked up in the bathroom who keeps hitting herself? Okay. This story is just bonzo. It's bonzo. All right. Well, part of the story we like to call Sherry attempts to flee from the FBI, but decides to take a plea deal instead. So Sherry Papini's arrest was almost as dramatic as her stage disappearance. Police and FBI agents will follow her to her children's music lessons in order to get her away from the children in case the result of the arrest results in any violence. They want the kids to be safe. Sherry was told that there was an incident involving her car and she needed to come outside alone. Once Sherry gets outside of the music school, an FBI agent told Papini that she was under arrest and Sherry yells no and takes off and runs. Oh, come on. All that training for marathons, right? right? So while running away from officials... I can out-jog you. Sherry throws her phone away from her. Oh my God. But alas, her attempt to evade arrest and escape law enforcement was not successful, and she was taken into custody. Uh-huh. Later, her attorney would say that she never intended to evade arrest, but was just merely surprised. Just and caught trying, up in the moment. Yeah, trying to protect her kids who may have been watching. Now, after the arrest, Sherry has a different version, as you can imagine. Sherry Papini claims that she was quote-unquote ambushed. And her family, at this point, releases a statement that says, We love Sherry and are appalled by the way in which law enforcement ambushed her in a dramatic and unnecessary manner in front of her children. Sherry was released on a bond of $120,000 with some pretty strict conditions, including not leaving the area, refraining from alcohol, as well as, probably most importantly, seeking psychiatric treatment. It's a good thing, friends. Interesting, Papini would later tell court officials that she began seeking psychiatric treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of the 2016 ordeal. So, hmm, I don't know. Sherry faces, at this point, a maximum sentence of 25 years in prison and up to half a million dollars in fines. Yeah, that's... All right. In addition to all those fines and the 25 years in prison, perhaps, Sherry would also be responsible for repaying the various institutions that helped solve her fake kidnapping, as well as paying back the money she received from the California Victims' Compensation Board and Social Security Disability Income, totaling over, ready... $300,000 in wasted resources. Crime doesn't pay. Well, it sounds like crime pays really well up until you get caught. Fair point. 
On April 13, 2022, Sherry Papini signs a plea agreement, giving her the mildest possible punishment. On Monday, April 18, 2022, Sherry Papini formally pled guilty to charges of mail fraud and making false statements to a federal agent. She said she was ashamed, quote-unquote, of her behavior and promised to try to make up for it in the future. After her sentencing hearing on September 19, 2022, Sherry said, I am guilty of lying. I am guilty of dishonor. I stand before you willing to accept, to repent, and to concede. What was done cannot be undone. Gotta love a U.S. District Court judge. <laughs> In this case, it is Judge William B. Shub that tells Sherry Papini during sentencing that... <laughs> you can shub it. Kind of, you can shub it. He, uh, Judge Shub, after saying you can shub it, tells Sherry that she was a quote-unquote manipulator and said people don't like to be conned, and I don't believe those people who were deceived would believe that one month or eight months is sufficient. Sherry Papini was sentenced to 18 months in prison and required to pay $309,902 in restitution, but even the judge acknowledged that that was not likely going to happen. Judge Shubb continues, Let's be realistic about it. That restitution is never going to be paid. That $300,000 she's going to be ordered to pay will never be paid unless she wins the lottery. But Judge Chubb said the charges are meant to stop would-be copycats, saying instead of individuals thinking, if I get away with it, I get $49,000. They will realize, if I don't get away with it, I'll spend one month or eight months. Judge Chubb adds with this, he sounds like McGruff the crime dog. We have to send a message that crime doesn't pay. Thank you, Judge Chubb. <laughs> Take your crime and shove it. Shove it. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap this one up. I know you're going to be surprised. I'm glad you're sitting down for it. Keith Papini files for divorce. I mean, shocker. Can you blame him? I, no. 13 days after Sherry Papini pleads guilty to faking her 2016 kidnapping. No big surprise. I don't want to find my iPhone wife anymore. Keith Papini files for divorce saying he was traumatized by the event. Oh, I'm certain he was. 100%. How is he ever going to trust again? I mean, like, how would you? How would you be able to go into a new relationship without, like, every, like, every alert? I would think Keith Papini's probably had some real solid therapy too. I would hope to yeah. work through that. Yeah. The divorce documents for the Papinis filed in Shasta County, California, accuse Sherry Papini of, this is very mild, I think, quote, not acting in a rational manner, unquote, <laughs> and requests that Keith Papini be granted full custody of the couple's two children. Mm. In a written statement, Keith Papini said, I wish to make it clear that my goal is to provide a loving, safe, stable environment for my children and I believe the requested orders are consistent with that goal and the best interests of the children. I do not want to say anything in the pleadings connected to this matter that would inflame the situation or attract media attention. The ending of that 12-year marriage between Sherry and Keith, you want to 
guess what side it is the cause for the divorce. They don't go with irreconcilable differences, do they? You bet your tail they do. <laughs> you know, the things that they can't reconcile, she fakes her own kidnapping. Sure, those are irreconcilable differences. Sherry Papini, not a sitcom mom, but mm. a true crime mom. How many trash cans does Sherry get? I'd love to tell you, but they're not there. 22? They, yeah. They're, yeah, they're there all in, they've all disappeared. They've vanished. They're up in Yolo County. <laughs> Yolo. Get Judge Shub on that. Goodness. But I mean, the true villain in this story is clearly the American healthcare system. So Which started the whole <laughs> thing. And that, Stacy, and all the trash pandas is the trashy divorce, true crime mom saga of Sherry Papini. If you're burned out on sitcom moms, this is your trashy gift for the week. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you. You're listening, telling your friends, your kind emails, your fantastic reviews, all your support for us. We are so grateful for your trashy hearts. In a world of Sherry Papini's friends, be a Julie Bowen or a Katie Seagal. Ain't that the truth. Y'all, if you need more Trash Candy, before we come back on Wednesday with a brand new episode, be sure to check out patreon.com slash trashy divorces for ad-free episodes, bonus episodes, dumpster dives, spider eggs, so, all the good so stuff. So many things. And if you want to see, get a taste, get a little taste of what's behind the paywall, head to bit.ly slash trash candy in your browser and take a look at our curated... Hot and fresh selections for you. Maybe I'll put on a few new episodes this week just to switch that up. Sure. And Patreon folks, stay tuned. We got a little bit of a spider eggs for you. Not necessarily about Sherry Papini, but a little bit of a true crime update and query. So be sure to stay tuned for that if you are a Patreon supporter. Again, thanks everybody for your time today, your trashy love. We think you're simply the best until we meet again. Keep your hands clean, friends. Keep those hearts trashy. We love y'all. Have a great week. Big love, everybody. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy y'all.